0: what is going on everybody mike curlin here from the bases load podcast and just a reminder for those who don't know we have teamed up with rotoballer this year for the 2020 season which means we're joining the rotoballer radio podcast network since 2013 rotoballer has been grinding away providing millions of fantasy baseball players their fix for in-depth mlb analysis and player news if you haven't heard Rotoballer's 2020 draft kit is live, and all Bases Loaded listeners can get 10% off Rotoballer's draft kit by using discount code BASESLOADED. Rotoballer is home to number one Fantasy Pro's accuracy ranker Nick Mariano. Nick's 2020 rankings and projections are available as part of Rotoballer's draft kit. Along with printable cheat sheets, draft sleepers and busts, and more than 300 2020 player outlooks, and tons of in-season tools. All of this from Rotoballer is available for 10% off with discount code BASESLOADED. Just go to rotoballer.com slash Loaded and get your draft kit today.
1: And they're him with the bases loaded and intentional walk to Barry Bonds. Two and two with the bases loaded and one out. Oh my God! Deep to right!
0: Hello and welcome in, everybody, to episode 119 of the Bases Loaded Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Curland. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike underscore Curland, and I am joined tonight by, he's still relatively new, and Chris Clegg. You can follow him on Twitter at Roto Clegg.
1: Chris, thank you for joining me, man. What's going on? Hey, Mike. Man, excited to be on, talk a little baseball, and again, it's never, never a bad time to sit around and, and chat about what's going on around the league and fantasy baseball even though it's been so a so wild and wacky much. year
0: you know what i'm happy to have you on the show and it's a lot of it's because we balance each other out well you have this like this, this southern twang to your voice you're just laid <laughs> back you're very mellow and then i'm very high strung and like all over the place so we're a good match and what we're going to talk about tonight well we kind of just added it to the show to be honest because today's been a bunch of injuries and call-ups and so much going on. We're going to talk a little bit about them, our level of concern, a few players we might be considered dropping, i.e., Joe Adele. We'll talk about that. Um, other than that, we have like two or three. I, I know you have a couple of names we're going to talk about. Just a couple of streamers for two start, two start streamers this week. I know you have a few names we're going to bring up there. We're going to get into struggling stars and our levels of concern, and then we'll kind of um, go from there. We have a couple other things on. We're gonna try to get through this a little bit because we still have to. I forgot to mention we actually are gonna talk about some players we were wrong about so far as well because everyone's so busy doing victory laps. I've been guilty of it, Well it's time to take some L's here. It's time to uh, talk a little bit of like what we got wrong and how and what maybe what we learned already. And then of course we'll finish off with all those listener questions we got. So without further ado, let's jump right in. News and notes. Uh, right, right before we got on, fam and um, oh wow, I can't think of his name, Tommy fam. And uh, DJ LeMahieu, they both left the game. Fam sounds like it's more precautionary. It was like he had cramps in both of his calves. So if it's just cramping, he should be back tomorrow or at least day to day. Again, if it's just cramping. But LeMahieu has a sprained thumb. We don't know the severity of it yet. Sprains can vary in degrees. Uh, it's obviously concerning. We're just monitoring. No, no real news. Nothing really take away. I'm trying to think who would even get the playing time. Would Andujar finally get a a, a a way to play?
1: Yeah, I don't know. Tyler Wade came in tonight at That's second place. Right. So I, about that guy. I don't know. It would be nice to see Andrew Har get a shot, but dude, they've got so many injuries and he, he still doesn't get the reps, man. I don't know. I was hoping I'm hopeful. I just
0: want to see them get that bat in the lineup, but yeah, Tyler Wade, even in spring training, when LeMahieu was out with COVID Wade was getting the reps at second base. Now that you mentioned it. So yeah, that's a good call on Tyler Wade. This would, that would be like AL only type of relevance. So just be, uh, be aware that he might miss a little bit of time with a sprained thumb. Again, it depends on how bad it was because he hurt it apparently while swinging and didn't even make contact with the ball. So that makes me feel like it was kind of like couldn't be like that minor, right? Something that you, when you hurt yourself swinging, it's never a good thing. He didn't even hit the ball from my understanding. Could be wrong. Steven Strasberg on the IL with I forgot what it was. I suppose I, I thought I wrote it down. I did not. So I will look that up real quick just to make sure goodness you would think I'd be, I've been doing this long enough to know how to <laughs> take notes, but Steven Strasburg is on the 10 day IL with carpal tunnel neuritis of the right hand. Yeah. I knew when I read this, I had no idea what I was reading and <laughs> we don't really know. I don't think anybody's ever, I don't think I've ever seen this injury in a pitcher, but he got that shot for a nerve issue in, in well, like a week ago, two weeks ago at the beginning of the season, basically, and he dealt with it towards the end of summer
1: camp. I don't know what to do here. Do you have any Strasburg shares on, your, on any of your teams? No, fortunately not. I kind of avoided him a lot. at his ADP just with the injury history. I mean, like he was obviously elite last year, but I kind of shot away and been very thankful for that. <laughs> I was like, see, I was
0: off of him because of the injury history paired with the long, you know, postseason. Then when the season got shortened, I was actually in on him. But because other people were in on him as well, I got no shares. So it worked out, obviously. But I just, like, like, I don't know what to do with this. Like, if you don't have an IL spot, you got to give it a couple days. But the problem is, his Fab runs tomorrow. <laughs> so like, I I don't want to make a haste decision and say, hey, drop him. But you know, he's you know he's been a slow start. He's, he hasn't really done anything this year. Couldn't even make it through his first start. This sounds like it might be season ending for
1: him at this point. Yeah, carpal tunnel is never a good thing. Like yeah. you don't hear it a lot with baseball guys, which is interesting, but and it's normally with older people, if if I remember right. Like and so it's interesting to see him dealing with that. And obviously you assume that the nerve shots he were taking was probably related to this. And so it's probably been a long running thing, and it just doesn't look good. Like, do the Nats wanna risk running him back out there, like if he's hurt? I don't really know. And so it's a tough spot to be in. Like you mentioned, fabs tomorrow. What do you do? I, I don't I know. Don't, I don't
0: think you drop them yet. Cause you need more yeah. details, but it's a very, very close drop. Again, these are leagues that don't have IL spots. If you have an IL spot, you stash them. It's that simple, but not every league has an IL spot. He hasn't done much for you up until now. Somebody like Toby bath crazy owns a few shares. I'm going to be curious. I'm actually going to pick, I'm going to pick his brain after fab tomorrow i don't want i don't want to ruin his his ideas but i'll talk i'll pick his brain and see what he thinks about doing with strasburg because i know he owns a few shares and if you look at this rotation it looks like aaron uh, aaron austin Voth. i i was <laughs> i was putting eric and austin together austin both and eric fedi 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 i don't
1: know it's yeah i do wop
0: um those two look like they're secured for rotation spots now with strasburg being out so that there if you need you know some some pitching help it's not the best both is in more interesting than the, the other two but not really much going on there and if you look at if you even look into like the minors i was like i don't really see much there for them to call up for for pitching so yeah i'm kind of concerned about this team you know
1: yeah, and they're still a lot better off than the Braves are, uh, rotation wise. Oh, I don't the know how that rotation is brutal. What happened to your good like pitching depth
0: in the minors? That you had, you guys had so much. You you, you know what I mean? Remember that? Like that was it's the whole so thing. frustrating. Like, you had
1: so much. And, now you have none. Yeah, I wish they had sold high on some of these guys, like right. and and Anderson looked good today. He pitched in in the inter squad game at at the alternate training site, and I saw some film. He looked really good. So I don't know why he's not getting a shot. Dude, so frustrating to to watch as a Braves fan. Yeah, especially Robbie
0: Earlin. That that, yeah. yeah, Robbie or Robbie
1: Erland starting tomorrow. What the you're, world?
0: You're so excited. I, I know, know you're excited. It's, <laughs> gonna be, it's gonna be a home run derby. Probably. Um, man, I'm just looking at this division. St. Louis is second in their division with a three and three record right now. Um <laughs> 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 that's, that's where we're at. Oh, maybe maybe they're three and four. I forgot that I don't think one of their losses is in here yet. Oh
1: no, did they win both games today? not even sure.
0: Yeah, because the doubleheader, I'm curious. Hold on, I'm gonna look it up real quick. I should again, this is off the cuff. I shouldn't be doing this, but <laughs> they won one game. They won both games. They're four and three. They're in second in their division. Congratulations, nice. Cardinals. Season end now,
1: and you're in the playoffs. Um yep. the Marlins are winning the division at nine and five. I'll take it. I'll take it. 643 I- win percentage. Too
0: bad we lost tonight to you guys though, but (laughs) yeah, it was a good game. But you guys, speaking of the Braves, Acuna's on the IL. That wasn't, it was supposed to be a weekend thing. That's it. Obviously, not the case. Left wrist inflammation. I don't know if he'll miss miss much more than the minimum, but it's still concerning that it went from like just the weekend to, well, we're going to escalate this to putting it retroactively, of course, on the IL.
1: What's your level of concern with Acuna? Like, are you, do you think it's a minimum stay? They're talking about him coming back next Friday, I think, when he's eligible. But again, mm-hmm. it started out just a just day, and then it was just the weekend. And so it's definitely concerning to me to <laughs> think about the fact that we could be without him and these for the foreseeable future, like just wrecks what could be a really good season. Well, it's your pitching is all wrecked, yeah. too. Your team is in shambles right now. You're lucky right. this division is underperforming. Right. Because well, I mean, four of the five of the in the rotation that were supposed to start the year are, are no longer there. So Freed's the only one left. I mean, you had Hamels go down. You had uh, Felix Hernandez opt out. Soroka's injury, and then Folty Just good gosh. I mean, I hope just, he's all right. I still don't know what happened there. Uh, yeah, he's. I don't know. It's a weird
0: situation. But yeah, it's uh, not looking so good for your Braves over there. Um, over to the over to the AL West. Michael Brantley, right quad discomfort. Not really sure what happened here either. Kind of like a couple days here, a couple of, it was supposed to be kind of a little thing, and now he's on the IL. All this does is prolong um Kyle Tucker's playing time. We know there's not much else that's gonna happen there. Obviously, Kyle Tucker was look, looked like the odd man out. We had um Reddick batting second. So we knew he was already in favorable a favorable position. And of course, with um what Dusty being the Dusty Baker being the manager, <laughs> we knew Kyle Tucker was the odd man out, but Jordan Jordan Alvarez slotted right back into the middle of the lineup. That pushes, you know, that pushed Tucker down already. He was again Tucker was had one foot out the door. Brantley on the IL just prolongs his staying power. Maybe he can help. Maybe during this downtime or while Brantley's out, he can outperform Reddick. But I still be hard pressed to believe that he wouldn't be the odd man out anyway. So if you can somehow if you could sell high or sell on Tucker and redraft, I think I would. What do you, what would you do with Tucker if you could
1: sell? Him? Yeah. Yeah, And redraft, uh, it sucks because I'm a big Kyle Tucker fan. If you can get something for him, I probably would. Now, I mean, he's not been great. He's hitting 200, one homer, three stolen bases, so pretty disappointing performance so far. Only on, getting on base 243 on base percentage. I mean, it's not good. But if he gets hot, like he could get hot here while uh, Brantley's out, it's a good time to sell probably. But long term, man, God, I'm so high on Tucker. Just <laughs> they hate him. They, he did something to to piss somebody off in that organization, because I don't know. He, I think the talent's there, like it clearly is, but it's just a struggle right now. Oh, I like the Rockies.
0: Yeah, yeah, hundred percent agree. Unfortunately, and I just like the upside and the talent and the skill set that he brings, and he's just not getting the opportunity. Uh, Will Smith was on is also placed on the IL. Keeper Ruiz came up. I think it's more of like an Austin Barnes catching most days. Keeper Ruiz spelling them. I'm not really interested in terms of redraft. And I know you mentioned off the air you think he's a little overrated as it is. So I don't know if you want to elaborate on that much, but there's not, I don't think there's much here in terms of redraft.
1: No, I mean I don't, don't run out and add him. I'm sure people probably have, but I probably <laughs> wouldn't like unless you're in like a 30 team league, like and you're desperate or. Two catcher league. But even then, I, I just don't think he's going to get enough play in time. And I don't think the bat's that great, personally. So, fantasy wise, like I just I don't see the, honestly, the upside.
0: Now, here's the thing in two catcher leagues. Now, this is, this, just goes, this goes to show you just how deep they can be. I'm stuck starting like a Tyler Flowers, who's on the short side of a platoon at that as my catcher. Would you still rather have Tyler Flowers than Kiba Ruiz
1: or even mm-hmm. Jan Gomes, who's been playing more
0: of late than Kiba Ruiz?
1: Yeah, I'd probably take both those guys over Ruiz. I just, again, I don't think the playing time's there. Yeah. I was just, that's just supposed to show you. I want to give people an idea. Like, if Away's listening and plays in that deep of a league,
0: we're talking about (laughs) names that, we're talking about guys that don't even play full time that we we feel more secure in their playing time than uh, Keeper Ruiz. So I'm with you on him. I'm not really in on him, especially right now, because Barnes has shown to be a very capable backup. He was even the starter at one point last year. People might have forgot that because Will Smith came up and smacked home runs for like six weeks. So. Yeah, I I'm with you on Ruiz, a guy that I am big on, but I know I'm gonna, <laughs> I know it's gonna burn me because I think I'm gonna spend too much on Fab. Is Lewin Diaz of the Marlins a little bit of a homer pick, but he came in in better shape. He worked on his craft in the minors. He came up, he's a better fielder now. The guy has big time power. He's gonna be good. I think he's gonna be a solid first base option. The problem is, it's they called him up because Corey Dickerson went on the bereavement list. Don't know how long he's gonna be out, but this, I don't think it's gonna be a long term thing. And they already kind of have so many mouths of feed. Lou Diaz plays first base. Aguilar plays first base. I unless they're gonna put Diaz or Aguilar or DH, then I can see that that path to playing time. But I'm getting my hopes up. I'm hoping that they're gonna slot him at first base or at um, DH every day, and kind of get his bat in the lineup. And hopefully he hits his way into the lineup every day. But I don't know. I feel like this is a short term thing, but what are your thoughts on Luis Diaz and are you kind of in line with me or do you have
1: a little more confidence or if he gets the play in time, I think he has the potential to be really good. I mean, the hit tool solid and, and the raw power is immense. He's got a ton of raw power. So it's an intriguing bat for sure. But it, I mean, they called him up. He didn't play tonight. So I don't know, like where does he fit in? Because like you mentioned, it would require moving Aguilar over to DH, I guess, and, or, or one of them play in DH. I'd love to see him get a shot, but I don't know. It's just, it's hard to see him fitting in the lineup right now. No,
0: hundred percent. agree. And then you think, okay, maybe I'm trying to think if, you know, maybe he, he seems like he's agile. Could he play right field maybe or something? But then you realize they have Brinson, they have Harrison, they have birdie, they have, you know, they have C Sierra. They've been given playing time to, uh, I obviously follow them all closely. So maybe maybe he can play second base because Eddie Alvarez, I feel like, isn't the answer to second base. But that's a whole other discussion as well. Either way, obviously he's I'm just he's more of a speculative speculative ad, not somebody you should blow a bunch of fab on, but man, do I love the potential there and I'm super in on them. But speaking of potential and someone I'm out on for redraft this year, I'm willing to drop him. Are you? And that's Joe Adele.
1: Yes, I'm out. Yeah. When you, when you intro the pod and you said uh, it was episode one nineteen, I think that's about what Adele's batting this year. <laughs> so yeah, I picked him, I picked him up a lot of places when he got the call, like a couple of leagues I was in, he wasn't owned and I've just been disappointed, man. So he was benched today. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to be a long-term thing, but I cut him a few days ago. Haven't looked back. I, I don't know. It's, it's hard to keep holding on to him at this point. You've got to churn the roster and, He's not performing. Pick up a hot hand.
0: Now here's the thing. I'm actually going to reach out to a buddy of mine who's a super prospect heavy guy. Even in redraft, loves his prospects. I'm willing to sell low on Adele because I think selling low on Adele, you could still get like if I can sell Adele for Jesus Aguilar, I'll do that because Aguilar isn't getting quite the hype you you know Adele has and doesn't. I can admit he doesn't have the ceiling but I don't think Adele was quite ready. for He's still making adjustments. I think he will be a good major league ball player. I just don't think in 2020. So that's why I'm, I'm specifying redraft because obviously you're not, drop, you're not dropping him or anything in, in uh, Dynasty or Keeper <laughs> formats. But he is a guy that maybe, even if you're selling low on, quote, unquote, you can still pick up a solid piece. That, so maybe before dropping him, like, like I said, I'm considering dropping him, but I know there's a couple guys in my league that might be interested in just speculating on him for – Again, for the right part, maybe for a good streaming pitcher. Speaking of streaming pitchers, I ha- we have what two, three? I think you brought three names with you. Two start guys that we're going to talk about streaming for the week. And the reason why we're picking streamers, we get it. There's a lot of podcasts talking two start pitchers. We didn't want to. We didn't want to dedicate a whole show to it. So I, I had I had Clegg go out and just pick me two to three guys that he really believes in for streamers for two starts this week. So these are strictly streamers available in a lot of
1: leagues. Clegg, this is your time to shine, buddy. All right. So first guy I want to highlight two starts next week, Zach Eflin. He gets the Red Sox and the Braves. He's only 13% owned in Yahoo leagues. Like, come on guys. He's pitching well. So I've really liked what I've seen so far. He's pitching to a a three, six ERA. Um, His strikeout rates nearly doubled his career average. Now he hasn't pitched a lot. He's only pitched like 10 innings. So it's positive stuff. But he looks good from what I've seen. The X suggests that he's even better. He's like, he's, it's X FIPS 208, super impressive. The walk rate's down. He's become very sinker ball heavy and it's been really effective in both getting strikeouts and groundouts. The Braves are likely to still be without Acuna and Albies later in the week. And so that start becomes pretty favorable. Like the Braves lineup, I hate to say it, is not very good without those two. Like all you have is Freeman and Ozuna and that's pretty much it. Dansby's kind of kind of hanging on. He's kind of slowing down a little bit, but the Red Sox they've been kind of rough haven't started out so hot. So the matchups are good and he's not owned at all. So Eflin's the first guy I wanted to highlight there. How do you you like Eflin, Mike? How are you feeling? I'm indifferent
0: man. I don't want to pick pitchers. I told somebody to start Eovaldi tonight and I called <laughs> I called the line. I was like, "Look man, I'm telling you to start him, but here's what's going to happen. He's going to put up 3.2 innings, seven earned runs, three but only three will be earned and he'll go he'll throw 88 pitches." Listen to his line. I don't know if you saw it. He went 5.2 innings, gave up seven earned runs, but all of them were earned and he threw 89 pitches. Like I called <laughs> the line almost. And I was yeah, like, yeah, I think I,
1: it's me, you, and Eric were both in all in that thread, and Eric called the innings pitched, and then yeah. you hit like the everything. Like yeah, I, you the, hit everything. The earned run. The, I, I they were
0: unearned, but yeah, I like, feel bad. Like, we told but, that guy, just run him out there. Why not? <laughs> well, it's the thing is because he's been so effective, and the Yankees were without Judge, without Stanton. It, I mean, I know they had plenty of depth, but I was just banking on him kind of rolling with the hot you got to kind of ride the hot streaks. And if you've had them in the last three starts, this start, although it was a bad one, you can afford one bad start with how uh, probably not. No, there's no excuse. It was just a bad, (laughs) bad call on my part. But looking, you know, you look at Eflin and you mentioned it. I mean, a lot, there's like just looking at his peripherals. It's all there. The the strikeouts have taken a big jump up with walk rate, take a big jump down and all the ERA and ERA indicators are all on board with that. And he actually is due to regress in a few areas. He has a bad of 375 and a strand rate of just 68.6%. So both of those can actually get better, which is probably why his ERA indicators are lower than his actual ERA. So he's doing something, it's working. I like him as a two start streamer. And I and mean, honestly, if he keeps if he does well on both of them, you just hold on to him. Yeah, I mean, ride it out. Right exactly. Well, but be careful. Don't don't to yourself. <laughs> and uh,
1: so who's the next guy you're streaming? The next guy's a Griffin Canning. He's 30% on in Yahoo Leagues. He honestly hasn't been very good so far to start the year, but he gets starts against the Giants and the A's. And we know the Giants are a favorable start. Uh, Canning's Velo was up in his last start, which was good to see. It was only about half a mile an hour up, but every little bit counts. And so if he's trending up, like that's a positive thing. He's also been using his curveball more. And I really think that's his best pitch. So I'm hopeful that he will continue to use that pitch because he's got a 53.1 whiff rate on that and 35.7% put-away rate, which are both encouraging. And so I'm hoping we'll see some more of that canning curve going on. And if his velo keeps trending up in the right way, then I think these two starts could be both very good because the A's A's are kind of up and down if you catch them on the, the right day. The Giants, same kind of thing, but I think they can be two good matchups for canning there.
0: And at the very least, I think you'll break even because I think you have to stream against the Giants like you have to. Yeah. That team is atrocious on paper, although they have some guys playing well above their heads, which is awesome to see because I always root for the underdog, but not in this case. We want to see Griffin Canning do well. And if anybody's curious why I'm not like hyper and talking fast, it's because I'm just really tired, I guess. I mean, uh, people can't see me. I know you can, which I'm going to ask you. Do you actually prefer podcasts like this where you can see people? It feels like more of a conversation or do you prefer the no, no video?
1: Oh, I like the video.
0: I think so too. It, and this is much politics, win It does. Yeah. But P- because of the video, you get to see the real life. You get to see CBK in action. I got a <laughs> pillow behind my back. I have my kid's uh, dinosaur blanket on me and I'm drinking coffee and it's 10 o'clock at night and I'm still not bringing the energy and I need to bring the energy. Let's
1: pick it up a little bit. Ugh. All right, next guy. Let's get Here to Here we him. go. Third streamer, two-star streamer, Zach Davies, 28% on. He's been he great. gets He gets the Rangers and the Astros. And, yes, I know, the Astros are not a favorable matchup. Really, and, and the Rangers can be a non-favorable matchup. But he's been so good this year. And he's there flown really under goes. the radar. Like, no one's paid any attention. But he's got two seven eight ERA, a .84 whip. 18 strikeouts in 22 innings. He's coming off a start where he just dominated the Dodgers. And considering that he does not have a single pitch that he averages above 88 miles an hour on, it's quite impressive that he's pulling this off. His combo of the changeup and sinker and cutter, they they work well together. He's throwing them well. And I think that he can continue on that success. Like, I mean, he pitched very well against the Dodgers and I'd like to see that continue. And so Davies is my third Two star streamer for the week,
0: and he's interesting because you look at him, and some of his peripherals aren't as favorable, like they're not terrible. Like some of them, some of them are as low as like low three, some of them are in like the mid fours. But he's that's kind of what he's pitching to. Like his peripherals aren't gonna be pretty because he's pitching to contact. And although you wish his ground ball rate was higher, considering he's pitching to contact, he's still limiting, he's still limiting, uh, limiting home runs. And again, it goes I always go back to that strain rate because I always like to see if players are getting a little unlucky or lucky with it. He's actually getting a little unlucky, but the bad of it is really low.
1: Yeah, regardless, all though. Of, all of his peripherals are really weird.
0: Just, they are weird. And then but you're looking at the like the, the gains in K's, although it's not a pretty K rate, it's still like a solid one at 21.2%. Mm-hmm. It's a solid K rate. The K is ugly, but solid K rate. And the walk rate is very impressive at only 3.5%. Yeah. So you're looking, it's just, it's crazy because you're looking at him and it's like, it's not flashy, it's not pretty, but he's obviously commanding his pitches very well, the, attacking the zone but while not getting hit, hit hard. He must be locating very well. And all in all, it's like, you got to ride it. I'm with you. Canning's the most concerning of those three for me because he hasn't shown it, whereas the other two have so far. So if you had to rank those three, how would you rank them for the week?
1: <sighs> Probably Eflin davies canning because like you said the canning is concerning because the poor start Eflin's pitch good and he probably has some of the better matchups like with red Sox and the, the braves being depleted the giants matchups obviously good for canning but i want to see like he gets the giants first like i want to see him come out and dominate and then i'll feel a lot better about this pick <laughs> yeah but yeah
0: no i totally get it and I'm with you. Uh, I'm with you in that order and everything. And if you go look at the game log of Canning a little bit, you've seen some ups and downs and in betweens. Like you've seen a couple solid outings, a couple bad ones, and like one that's in between. So you really don't know which which Canning you're getting. So I, I think there's a higher. I think he has the highest ceiling, and the other two offer that solid floor. But I do like Eflin the most as well. Exactly. So let's transition into struggling stars and i kind of picked all hitters by accident so if i find a picture on the fly we'll talk about him but we'll start at the very top and this is a guy i've spoken very very unfavorable of going back to the preseason that's pete alonzo were you a pete Alonso guy coming into the year and if so are you one now like no. what are you
1: doing? Um, no his adp was way too inflated in my opinion and i like, mean rightfully yeah. so i mean he had, what 53 homers last year with the happy I, fun ball Right. So, I mean, he killed the ball, which was great, but there was just so much that, I mean, he regressed so hard in, in the all, or in, after the All-Star break. And since, like, from the All-Star break until now, he's hitting 233 30% K rate. Like, definitely concerning, for sure. I wasn't a fan. I'm glad. I avoided him everywhere, and I'm, I'm glad I did, because, like, I still think Pete's good, but, like, he's not going to – I don't think he'll ever perform to how he did last year, in my opinion.
0: And that's kind of where I'm at. Like, I wasn't like a huge Pilonzo guy coming into the year. A lot of it was, I thought he was a three-category producer that you were paying for, like, in that area where four like, category guys were. Now, in OBP leagues, I still really like him. I think he's actually worth the third, fourth-round pick in OBP leagues because he's still walking a ton. But in your typical Roto leagues, he's not the guy that people want him to be. And if you go back to the all-star break, not including tonight's game, which he actually went over four with two strikeouts, I think. So actually would have made this line worse. But <laughs> if you go back to the all-star break, so starting from the second half of last year, so we have a bigger sample size, he's, his triple slash is 233, 341. Again, OBP is good. And 489 slug, not bad. His OPS is over uh, 800. That's awesome for, again, OBP leagues, OPS leagues, and, and like maybe even points. The problem is, though, the reason why I don't say points is because he's had a strikeout rate of 29% since the second half last year. But the walk rate's been great. But uh, again, I'm, I, again, I'm trying not to focus on the walk rate because we most people pl- that play roto play in standard five by five, and you go back and look at the swinging strike rate. It was above the average at thirteen point four percent. His O-swing was above above the average at thirty six point four percent over this period. That's pretty much my way of saying that since that hot start, that you know he was hitting like two eighty five or two eighty in the first half. The re- there's a reason why he hit two thirty five in the second half. And it's because the strikeouts finally came and hit him. Pitchers adjusted. The home runs never stopped. So people kind of glanced over the batting average. Start start up twenty twenty. We're looking at the same stats. He's striking out like thirty percent of the time, just over twenty twenty so far. Still hitting home runs when he hits the ball, but his swing and miss is just so much. It's it's frustrating because it was always there. People ignored it. It was a big red flag, and I know the power was there, and no one's really. Argue, I'm not even arguing the power. And do I think he'll be fine long term? Yes, but I knew pitchers were adjusting. Sophomore season, I was just really, I was really out on him because of a lot of these factors, and this is like, I hate to say it's a victory lap and I'm, I, cause I don't root against a player, but this is one of those things. It's like, this is what kind of what I saw coming. Like not, not to this extent, obviously he's barely hitting 200. And I know it's still a small sample. Cause this whole season is a small sample. But the problem is, is even if I think he can adjust, I don't think he's going to adjust this season. There's not, I just don't think there's enough time. And what are your thoughts as a whole for these, uh, for this season? Like a couple of these players are really struggling on here. Um, are you buying low on some of these guys? Like we'll get to a few of them that maybe you have more confidence in, but Ultimately on buy when it comes to buying low, are you kind of not doing it this year because the, the the adjustment period there really isn't one for these guys? And you have to ride out the bad stats hoping for the good stats to come in bunches, and by then they could have dragged you through your your stats through the mud.
1: Yeah, I really don't think I've made like a single buy low trade this year in all the leagues because no, it's, it's tough. Like <laughs> you don't know. It's it's so hard to predict. And I mean, we're almost like we're pushing the halfway point, like and Crazy. so <sighs> it's nuts and like you said there's just not enough time to to pick it up and we don't know when these guys will pick it up so it's, it's just a hard spot to be in and it's hard to know which guy to try to to grab and which guy will pick it up or, or who it's tough it's a crazy year and so I, i've just been riding the hot guys on the wire man just trying to churn the back end the roster and, and get the hot players 100 percent agree with you that's
0: kind of been my go-to way of things and it's like I almost prefer to do that than try to buy low and hope that these work out because you're giving out somebody who's producing. My argument was I was actually on the, um which podcast was it? It was with Justin Mason. I forget which podcast. I apologize if somehow I know Justin doesn't listen, but if he happens to listen, Justin, I apologize, buddy. I forgot which podcast. <laughs> I think it was your, I think it was the friends of face, friends with fantasy benefits, Can't talk tonight, friends with fantasy benefits podcast. And I said that I would not trade Kyle Lewis or P Alonzo. And I still like, that was a very bold statement. And the more I thought about it, the more I'm like, Oh, I'm going to regret that. But I'm almost wondering if I'm going to because I think loose, although he's gonna regress and his numbers have already started coming down, he's already produced more for me than Pilonzo has. And I just don't know going forward how much different they're gonna be. Because again, even if he comes down while Pilonzo comes up, they're gonna meet in the middle. And sure, they might eventually, you know, pilonzo going up, L- Lewis comes down a little bit, but at that point, you got so much more out of Lewis while having him versus what you're getting from Alonzo. That's my argument. So it's like would I do that if I was actually presented it? I'd have a hard time saying no, to be honest. Even in re- especially in redraft. But mm, I'm. You see, like the fact that I'm reluctant scared Like that's crazy to me. I shouldn't be reluctant to, to pull the trigger on that type of deal. But I just. I don't know. I
1: just, <laughs> here's an I here's an interesting player because I think they're very similar. So you sell Teoscar Hernandez for Pete Alonso. Would you do that in redraft?
0: No, I want I want Teoscar because he has that fun home ballpark that just everything flies out of.
1: Yeah, I, I really think they're very similar. <laughs> it's kind of crazy.
0: A name I didn't put on this list, but we could talk about him because I think I talked about him on the Beer, Bourbon, and Baseball with Cross and Mike Simeon. It was uh, Vlad. G- Vlad, he's, dude, he looks out of shape again. He's hitting, he's hitting the balls hard, but he has like a 60% ground ball rate. <laughs> like, I have no interest in buying Vlad low. Are you interested in buying him low at all? No, I don't want a guy that hits it 120 miles an hour into the ground. It doesn't work. And when he my 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 thing was is he does that while looking and looking like Prince Fielder. Like <laughs> my thing is it's is true. he's Prince Fielder who hits ground balls. That's the problem. Yeah. His ground ball rate it, has gone up. It's sixty point eight from sixty
1: two and a half. Dude, so but this up. is this is the guy. This is he's been that his whole career. Like throughout the minors, he's like forty eight, forty nine. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and it's 40, gotten 49. worse.
0: Well, you come Crazy. to the you come to the major leagues. Pitchers like major league pitching is easier than triple A pitching or any minor league pitching, obviously. Outside of a few studs in the mi- in the minors, obviously, your Spencer Howard's, your Forrest Whitley's when he's good, that type of stuff. But my point is is Vlad came to the the bigs and just hasn't adjusted. And even though he showed some adjustment in the second half. He came in this sp- to the initial spring training doing like looking good, looking like he's in shape. And then he came back the summer looking like he gained all that weight back, looking a little sluggish. And again, when you have sprint speed in the 15th percentile, you're not going to beat out ground balls. So I don't care if you have your, I don't care if your average exit velocity is, in the 90th, is 90th percentile. I don't care if your hard hit percentage is 87th percentile, which I'm looking at, I'm looking at it. It is that it doesn't matter to me if you're hitting the ball into the ground 60% of the time with sprint speed or with, with basically non-existent sprint speed until he, and his launch angle is down uh, one, one percent or one degree. Which launch angle? People are like, it's it's you know it's a little overrated. I get it, but you need you need ground ball like for a guy who's hitting ground balls, it's not overrated. You need to see that launch angle come up a little bit because you need to see him get the ball in the air more because the power will play if the ball is in the air. And once the ball, once he gets that ball elevated, he could be Prince Fielder, but the good one that we all knew and would draft in like the third or fourth round every year because you knew you were getting 40, 35 to forty home runs, hundred RBI because he could just hit the crap out of the ball. It's just frustrating because you know the potential's there. But he hasn't hit on it yet, and I'm kind of I completely out on Vlad this year. I'm not buying low on him. I don't know. I feel like that's again. I always feel like that's like a super strong take. Like that is super hot takey. But I don't care. He's somebody like, like I really won't buy low. Like it would take. Like, it would take a free agent. Like would, would I give Dylan Moore for him? Maybe. And even then, I would think twice because Dylan Moore is still in bases and stolen bases are way more valuable to me than hard hit ground balls. <laughs> like are <laughs> yes. not wrong. <laughs> but it's a, it's a problem because it's like it's crazy to say that but if you're taking vlad right now you gotta realize that he could not turn it around and by the time he does he drags like the what he's supposed to help you with is what he's not he's not helping you his batting average is low right now you're gonna have to eat that all right enough about vlad we can just move on i'm I'm ranting i'm rambling i gotta get going bellinger he we maybe we saw him come out of a little bit he did hit a home run last night what did he do tonight we're gonna look it up we're, remember we're, we're recording while these games are going on so he had two
1: last night. Did
0: he hit two home runs? I thought he hit one. He had two? I, I apologize. Two. I, don't I don't know really. these things. He has one for one tonight with a stolen base. He might be well, coming out of it. Yeah,
1: yep, he hit two last night.
0: Perfect. So he has two home runs last night. He's one for one tonight with a stolen base. Looks like he's coming out of it a little bit. We. I knew he adjusted his swing, which was dumb. I was really frustrated that he decided to adjust his swing on a shortened season when you should just kind of no, do what you know and, let, and just roll with it, get through the 60 games, and then – tweak things but he's a major league ball player who am i to judge he obviously knows the game better than i do he's playing it for a living regardless i figured it was gonna take him a little bit to get going i didn't think it was gonna be this bad of a start but maybe he's getting going maybe i'm a little more confident in him he obviously had the slow the, the second half you saw the you know the dip in production no one thought he'd sustain that first half anyway regardless are you confident in belliger coming around and right now you might need to buy low now before he truly breaks out considering his last two
1: games I can't say I'm fully confident because of his ADP. Like if you paid for him it with a top five pick, like he's obviously hasn't returned that value. And I don't think he'll return that value rest of season. Honestly, like I just think we got so fooled on what he did in the first half. Like it was historic. I don't know. He's, he's hit 241 since the all-star break last year. And the 21 homers are nice, like in that time span. But currently as after last night, he hit two home runs. He was hitting 181. He's got 236 on base with four home runs. So yeah. I'm not very confident. He's his Pete o- Alonzo. Right. His, <laughs> his O swings up. His ground ball percentage is up. His hard hits down. His walk rate's way down. And so given the ADP, like I'm very concerned because he's not. He can't give you what you paid for. So definitely concerning there.
0: No, for sure. But if you're the Bellinger guy, you're probably in a hole right now. Again, unless you drafted really well around him. But if you're looking to kind of boost, uh, boost your team, get get like a little kickstart going, you got to be a seller. What would you be willing to take to unload Bellinger? Especially if you are not so optimistic about his um, production, would you take? Uh, I hate doing this. You would think I would have names top of my head, but I don't. I'm gonna go look at. I'm gonna go look at like some like overperforming guys. I'm trying to think. Maybe, oh, would you take Nick Castellanos for him right now? Probably. Oh, or maybe, ooh, maybe not though. The Reds with the COVID, we don't know. Oh uh, yeah. There.
1: That sucks, I know he was off to such a good start.
0: I know that's why it's like the name. That's why the name was like perfect. I was like, sweet, I know yeah. the name. But yeah, not the name I need right now. Um, uh, that kind of ruined the whole exercise because it was, <laughs> was a perfect name. But yeah. Nick Castellanos, without COVID, would have been a guy that you would have definitely taken. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I'm working on. I'm working on this. I'm working on the players now. I will get you names here in a second. Would you take Charlie Blackman?
1: Uh, that's tough because he's the second in, overall player yeah, in roto leagues right now. He's been a stud. I don't know. That that would be a. I would have to think about it, but it's definitely possible because now Blackman's not going to steal anymore. Like Bellinger is going to steal some bases. Yeah, he got one tonight. So, yep. So it's valuable. But I would think about it for sure. Would you take Beau Bichette for him right now? Uh, probably yes.
0: I would because he, he's he's. He's looking good, hitting well. Again, that home ballpark—I want every part of it. That bu- Buffalo is just a launching pad. They are yeah, playing their it's... games in cores this year. Oh yeah, would you take this guy named Mike Trout? for him? I'm kidding. Uh, I'm just looking at guys. <laughs> there yeah, Bryce I can't Harper. Believe, can't I think believe that like Trout
1: fall. Yeah, I take Harper. He's doing so
0: well. He's hitting very, very well. It's almost like MVP caliber Harper. Yeah, he's good. Would you take Nelson Cruz for Bellinger? probably that's 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 a good one there i think i would too if i was trying to get from under them yeah because i'm not ready to sell on them yet personally but if i was if i needed a kickstart you could probably get cruz plus something that's why i'm like these are names that if you think that they'll be better the rest of the year and cruz looks you know cruz is great he's your solid high floor he's like a jd martinez about the price tag and speaking of jd martinez he is another guy who's struggling yeah But god there's so many struggling guys
1: I know. We haven't even hit half our list. We're coming up with more. I know, because
0: because what it is, is as you're doing it, you're, like you're other names are popping up, and I came up with a list of like seven. And I'm like, well, we should have. Oh, there is a pitcher on here. I skipped right over that yeah. one. I don't do pitchers. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. I do them. I just don't do them as in-depth as hitters. Uh, Lynn is the next guy on this list. He's been kind of like, I don't know how I feel about him. I, I'm, I think he's going to be fine. I'm surprised he's struggling as much as he has, to be honest. But what are your thoughts on Lindor this year? And would you want to buy low, or are you trying to get from under him?
1: Yeah, if you get the offer, you've got to take it. I was looking a little deeper in, and he's really struggling with the off-speed stuff. He's got a 190 batting average against off-speed and a 150 batting average against breaking pitches. But the expected batting average is 252 against breaking and 336 against off-speed. So it looks encouraging that he'll – pick it back up. Like he's not hitting the ball hard. It would I mean the 88 mile an hour exit velocity is not good, but he's never really hit the ball that hard. Like and he just makes it work. His sweep spots percentage is up. So like he's making he's hitting the ball like on the line in the air consistently, which is encouraging. And I think he's gonna be okay. Like he'll pick it up and be the Lindor we probably know the rest of the season. And so I put some percentages on these guys. So I, I put like fifty percent on Belger and Alonzo, and I put ten percent on Lindor. So not very. In concerned terms of like him.
0: concerned, okay, fifty yeah. percent as far as like how concerned you are, gotcha. So it's like a yeah. five out of ten. We can we yeah. can do we can go full worryometer. That's a CBS thing, I know that, but we can do that. <laughs> and five out of ten is still. Yeah. See for me, Pete, I'm like I'm like a, I'm like a seventy, like a seven out of ten, like concerned out of him, and I'm really concerned on Pilanzo. Strictly for 2020, because that swing and miss in his game is really coming out strong. And he showed it again tonight. And sure, any of these guys, I want to make sure we put this out there. Any of these guys can literally pop out of it any day. But this, it's definitely, definitely concerning. We have so many names. Let's get to a couple more. Uh, Scherzer, the injuries, the production's been kind of iffy because of probably because of the injuries. What are your thoughts on Scherzer this year?
1: The only thing in his profile that concerns me. Are his walks, which his walk rates at twelve percent, which is up from four point eight last year. So significant rise in his walk rate, which again probably attributes to some of the injury stuff he's dealing with. But overall, like he looks really good. Two seven five ERA, twenty nine strikeouts in nineteen point two innings. So like he's been really good. And once he gets the walks down, which I think he will, like he's just going to be the dominant Scherzer we know that. All of his peripherals look fine. Um, I think he'll keep performing at this high level. And actually, this year is his highest K per nine of his career, which is interesting. Unfortunately, it's also the highest uh, walks per nine. But again, not like a long shot, yeah, yeah, it's not even close. But I think that comes down like with time and the more he's on the mound, it's just been a weird year for pitchers in general, like ramping back up. And you've seen guys like Lance Lynn who just do- has been dominating, goes Love a complete them. game. Love them. Yeah, I was all over Lynn, so I'm loving this. Like, not trying to take a victory lap, but I have a lot of shares. No, it's okay because
0: we could take one together. We can hold hands and frolic around the around this lap, man. <laughs> yeah. I'm all about it. I, yes. I love Living Slim this year,
1: man. Love For him. sure. So yes, yeah, I'm good with I I'm I said five percent Yeah. Well, not I, I I was
0: more or less concerned about the injury stuff. That's why I put him on this list because the production's there, but he's also he's only averaging four point eight innings per start. So again, that kind of goes into the injury issues. Obviously, the strikeouts are still there, the production is still there. But if the if the injuries pop up, if it's a consistent issue, then that's where my concern. That's why I put him on the struggling list because it's his health, not necessarily the production. So on a per start, on a per start basis, I think he'll still be his. He'll do his thing. Still be the guy he is. But yes, I'm concerned about the health. I'm not selling him unless you can get full full price for him. But if you could buy, because somebody's like a little off like, me. I'm kind of a little off, but I wouldn't sell because I know better because pitching is really impossible to come by, but he, uh, you're the owner might be like, you know what? He's an injury risk. He's one bad outing away from me, not being able to sell.
1: You might be able to get a little discount on him. Yeah. So if you get him 80, 80 cents on the dollar. I mean, even 90, take, like I'm yeah. trying
0: to let's find something. Like what would you sell? Like right now, Lance Lynn, would you give up Lance Lynn for him? I don't think I could, but <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. That's tough. Cause Lynn's just Dylan so Bundy. Good. Dylan Bundy. <sighs> Probably. I would sell. I would sell Bundy for him because Bundy has pitched against Oakland twice, who hasn't really been hitting that well, and Seattle twice, and his next starts yeah. against San Fran. The guy's gonna win the Cy Young, <sighs> be a top fifteen pitcher next year, and get blown up. Watch, it's gonna happen. Oh yeah, but but yeah, but yeah, Dylan Bundy's a guy I would give up for Scherzer. Sure, and it's crazy to say that like, people are like, oh, nobody will do that. You'd be surprised. People will do anything right now. Dude, um, some I'm, trades I've I, seen
1: are crazy.
0: That's why it's like if you can sell, song high on Bundy. That's a sell high on Bundy. You go out and get a guy that's a proven ace. For but don't get me wrong, Bundy's been great, but Bundy's also already giving you positive return on investment. And Scherzer has, I don't think he's shown the best he's yet to do this season. And I think there's enough people concerned and in bad enough positions. Again, there's a lot of factors when it comes to trading. That's why I hate talking trades. But if you can turn Dylan Bundy into into him and to Scherzer, then you're in good shape. I'm trying to think who else. Now I'm curious about Dylan Bundy. Like, can we sell Dylan Bundy for, would you, or would anybody? Let's find a... Would you want to go buy Flaherty right now? Or do you think Flaherty's kind of hindered by the fact that they're going to be playing nothing but double headers and he's stuck on a regular schedule?
1: Yeah, I, and I hate it because I have a couple Flaherty shares like in Dynasty Leagues, and I just don't think that he's going to be what we want him to be. Like, because... There was so such a big differential between his first and second half last year. Which one are we going to see? Like, is he ready? All the schedule changes. There's too many variabilities there for for me to do that. Gotcha. Well, Kershaw. Did I Kershaw. I don't know why. It seems like everybody in the industry so had been. They're always off on him in the off season, and then he just performs. Like, yeah, I'd probably take Kershaw. You so you would give up Bundy to get Kershaw. I think I would too.
0: Yeah, and I hate to say that because I feel like there's gonna be a lot of people adding us on Twitter and stuff, but it's okay. You can add me at Roto Clegg. (laughs) Um, kidding. (laughs) Uh, yeah, bring it on, bring it on. Yeah, you don't want that. You know, damn well, that's Twitter is a nasty place sometimes. Anyway, people don't care about that. People want this. Let's talk Devers. I feel Devers, a very hot name, so I made sure to add him on this list. I looked into him a little bit the other day. The dude is just swinging at everything, it seems like. He's, his chase rate is up, but the problem is, is, his chase rate was up last year. And you can, I, I believe, I have some old episodes that cited that as being my reasoning why, why I just couldn't quite buy into him at his ADP. I have one share because he fell to like pick thirty and a fifteen teamer, so I really like that value there. And I'm not really confident in him because he looked like he came back like this year out of shape again, not really himself. He again, like I mentioned, he he's chasing the ball out of the zone. He, last year he chased he's chasing it more out of the zone this year. Last I looked, it was like a 45% O-swing. And we're looking at a guy who's making less contact while swinging more out of the zone. Whereas last year, he was swinging more outside the zone while making more contact outside the zone as well. So all the like, contact is down, the, the swing and miss is up, the chasing is up, swing strike rate's up. It's all – basically, everything's looking really wonky right now. And it goes back to just the track record isn't really there outside of last year being that, kind of that breakout year. And I, I'm, I he's almost like – like, it feels like a P. Alonso type where it's like, crap i I think he'll be fine long term i'm just not buying into him being okay on a shortened season but where are you at on Devers?
1: yeah it's a tough spot to be in i we couldn't have predicted that he would be the largest gainer in strikeout percentage so far like 17 to to nearly 34 percent this double that's huge and like you said there were some concerns with the chase rates and stuff but that's hard to predict going that extreme. I didn't think it was going to go that bad.
0: No, but th- no. that was like, if there was one reason why I was poking holes between him and and people were like, a lot of people were like very big on Devers over Rendon. I was like, no, this is why. And it's like a small concern, but it's still a concern of mine. Again, that's like more like, if you want to call it a victory lap or whatever you want to call it, it's just like the one thing that piqued my interest when I was looking into him last year as my only red flag. I didn't see it regressing this bad, like you said. So with this, like, I think he's pressing. I think he feels like he's, I think honestly, part of this is him trying so hard to turn it around, trying so hard to prove that last year wasn't a fluke type of thing.
1: Yeah, I think so. And I think a lot of the Red Sox are trying to make up like, especially Benintendi endeavors, like even JD, are are they trying to make up for the loss of Mookie? Like that's a tough loss. And Verdugo's I like Verdugo, but he's not a Mookie Betts, obviously, so I feel like a lot of them are trying to do a lot of stuff, and it's just not really working for them. But right now, Devers isn't – he's hitting he can't hit a fastball. He's hitting 114 against fastballs, yeah, no, 153 XBA. Like, that's terrible. Like that's you the, I mean, mentioned.
0: Look, look last year. He was crushing them.
1: Yeah. So I don't know. He's swinging way less in the zone, but he's chasing more. Bad recipe for success. And so the interesting thing is, though, that the rest of his batted ball profile looks – very similar as far as his like his pull percentages and his line drive and flat ball percentages. So I don't know. It's I, I put him on a 40% concern because where you drafted him, you, you gave up a high pick for him and it's hard pressed to think that he could return second or third round value the rest of the season with what's what we're seeing right now. I'm not saying it's out of the question, but not performing Are you well. buying low on him? No. Yeah. Either am I. Um,
0: <laughs> and yeah. And Kind of another guy that I'm just kind of I have more confidence in because there's track record there, but somebody I'm just not really all oh. interested in is Chris Bryant right now. He's just looking rough. I haven't looked again. He's another guy that before tonight I haven't looked at the stat line, but he's batting 196 on the year, two home runs, no stolen bases, striking out a little more while walking the same amount. The OBP is still good 315. It's not great, that's like about league average, roughly, give or take. And if you look at the if you go look at the underlying the plate discipline, he's actually chasing a lot less. But the problem is like he's chasing about five percent less, but the O contact, which is the contact you're making on the swings, the, the chases that you are doing, his O contact is down to a career worst rate. Since like this is like 2015 was the lowest it's been. This is the lowest it's been since twenty fifteen. And again, this is career worst. 49.2% in 2015, 40.4 now, and nothing below 58 percent in between. So you have that going on, even though you're making the same zone contact, if you're making less O contact. You're still making less contact as a whole, which it shows there. So that could explain why the batting average is down a little bit. But ultimately, like, what are your thoughts on him? Is it, do you think it's injury-related again? Because I know
1: he's been dealing with some knickknack stuff. Yeah, he. that's the thing. He's just constantly injured, and I think that's his power. And I don't know. He's just gotten worse every year. Like, after that 2016 season where he just dominated, hit 39 bombs, stole eight bases, hit 292. I mean, he just hasn't, I mean, every year it's just gotten worse and worse and it doesn't look promising. I just sold him in a dynasty league today. And I feel like I got pretty good values, a big trade. And I felt good about honestly getting rid of him because I I don't know. It's, I don't see anything that is encouraging to me. Like, yeah, the OBP is going to be good, but not a whole lot else. I mean, even with his good OBP, he's still only slugging 391. So the, the power's been zapped, and he's striking out more this year. I don't but know. BAPIP
0: is a bit down though, so I mean, there is yeah. stuff that it'll correct. He'll, I think he'll still be Chris Bryant of old, but I think people are still expecting him to be that Chris Bryant of sixteen.
1: You need to understand that that's just not who he is anymore. No, he, he's probably a, a twenty-five to thirty home run guy, and if he hits two seventy-five or above, like I think that's who he is. All yeah, right, and
0: I, and I think it's a slow start right now. I'm still okay with him. I'm not fully concerned. What's your concern level with him, though?
1: I said a lot. <laughs> a <laughs> lot. I didn't even put a percentage. I said a lot. Because just gotcha. just the rapid dec- uh, not even rapid, but just the decline we've seen each year, I don't know. I'm sure some Cub fans will get on me about this, but I don't know. I'm sure, like you said, there's there's some correction that's going to happen. Like There'll be positive regression. His Babbitt's, Babbitt's 241. And he's a career 341 Babbitt. So, Yeah, a hundred percent or hundred point difference. There's big, but the strikeout rate needs to trend back down. Like he 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 needs to get that under control. He needs to get back to
0: making more contact. His contact again. I think a lot of it can be found. I think it's the contact, which I think the the hit tool's there. I mean, like it or not, you know, he's not the sexiest when it comes like the savant stuff. And I think he purposely changed his approach after his MVP year. Because he wanted to make more contact, he wanted to be more of an all fields. Like he wasn't trying to be a power hitter. That was like his thing. So although it's better for real life, it hurts for fantasy. I don't think he's ever gonna live up to what we. hope. It's been six. What? Four, sorry, yeah, six. It's been four, four, five, four seasons now, five seasons since the uh, MVP yeah. season. So I don't think he's ever. I don't think he's gonna get back to that. I don't. Don't get me wrong. I think like you mentioned, that twenty five to thirty home run area, maybe thirty one, thirty two. 270, 275. He's gonna be a solid four category guy. He's gonna be a high floor type, but it's just again, how valuable is that high floor type if he hasn't if he's trying to adjust and get there at this point in the season, which again, they that's one of the teams that hasn't missed games, and he's kind of already they're almost halfway done, and he hasn't really shown it yet. So yeah. even if he breaks out for a few like a hot streak, how good is that gonna be? I'm holding on if I have him, unless someone's willing to pay me something for him. Again, I'm just kind of I'm I'm kind of indifferent. I'm halfway worried. I guess I'll give it a 50%. Yeah. Like, worried for me. Kind of worried, but not really. I just I feel like we know who he is. I I just this isn't him. I think even I think he'll be fine type of thing. Like he's there's no reason to not to think he'll just be who he's been. I just think people need to get that idea of who he was out of their head because that was that was pre-injury, pre-shoulder injury, pre uh change in his approach, pre everything. And now like, they're still hoping that he's going to be that. And I just can't, I, I can't say it enough that like, I just don't think he's ever going to be what he was. And people have, like, people don't want to buy into that or believe that
1: for whatever yeah. reason. And I actually think that if he struggles the rest of the year, I think it's going to create a great buy-in opportunity next year in redrafts. Mm-hmm. And I think there's going to be a lot of wonky ADPs, like for some of these guys. We're mentioning. Awesome. Yeah. But Bryant's pro- like, this could be the year. Like he hasn't fallen far. Cause he's, he's still produced enough. Like, I think he was going like in the 50 range this year. This could be the next year where he just really tanks low and you get a great value. So, could create a good buying opportunity for him next year. Well,
0: here's a guy that could fall even farther. And this is Eugenio Suarez. I can't say his name right. Suarez of the Reds. He's not looking so hot, batting 123 this year, two home runs the dude striking out a ton career worst 31.6%. This was after a spike in in his strikeout rate last year in 20.5%. So obviously the the strikeouts took it, started last year, but we're we're seeing a crazy walk rate, 16.5%. So the guy is obviously seeing the ball well and well enough, but he's not making enough contact. I don't know what's going on here. What are your thoughts on Suarez, man?
1: <laughs> I don't dude, the whole profile is weird. I mean, he's getting on base at a higher like a higher clip than his slugging, which is just Weird. And dude, coming off a 49 home run season, like you mentioned, like the value was already, I thought the value was good. Like he was going like the 80s. Like I thought it was great value for a guy coming off the type of season he was. And yeah, the strikeout rate wasn't trending well. And again, it's jumped even more. The walk rate is weird. Like the whole profile, like I don't even know what's going on here.
0: So I'm looking. You look at his plate discipline, and nothing truly stands out except for yeah. he's not his O swings down. His swing strike rate is the same as last year. His uh, contact rate is down, though. But that comes with like if you look at his zone contact, he's actually making less contact in the zone. So here's what I'm looking at: you see him chasing ball out of zone less, and while and while chasing less, he's obviously making less contact on the balls out of the zone. But he's also making less contact in the zone. So it's like he's obviously just not. So when he does swing, he's just not making as much contact but how much of that is just not swinging as much like his swing is these swings about the same though so it's like uh i'm looking at this i'm like you're right it's kind of like i don't understand if he's missing here why is this swinging strike rate down i bet you his whiff rates uh, his whiff rates probably up a little bit
1: yeah it is <laughs> so the, i don't know the I, biggest I, thing i see is the home run to fly ball ratio it's way down
0: He's not hitting anything. I'm just looking at his breaking pitches. He, he is a 0% – he has a 0 BA against off-speed, 111, <laughs> against, 111 against breaking and 154 against fastballs. So he's obviously Jeez. struggling all around. And he's never yeah. been a great – like if you look at 2019 even last year, he's never been great at hitting, breaking, and off-speed, but he crushes fastballs. And this year he's not doing that. And and he's he's actually seeing more fastballs this year so far. That's so it, it's, maybe he just hasn't caught up yet. I don't know. But, I mean, and you look at all his – like all his – Savant page is all blue, minus a couple of <laughs> slots. He's barreling the ball less. The sweet spot percentage is down, so he's not even making the, the good type of contact you want. I'm concerned. I think I think what we saw as a good buying opportunity was proper v- evaluation at this point. Yeah. And that's, that's upsetting to say.
1: Yeah, so I'm concerned because, and now even more concerned, because how long will the Reds miss? And so he wasn't in a good rhythm as is. And if they miss the next week, it's going to throw him off even more, probably. Or maybe he can get his mechanics
0: in check during the night. Maybe because pitchers still have to throw, right? Right. So, so maybe, I don't know, maybe it's a good opportunity. You never know. know. <laughs> I'm just saying, how many, times has, <laughs> how many times have teams done the whole, hey, give him a day off, give him a couple of days off to get right. And maybe this is what he needs.
1: Yeah, It's also a say. weird
0: season, man players play different some players like having fans in the stands some some players play better with you know that 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 distraction some players it's just it's a whole literally a whole different ball game this year and people like players are going to have crazy crazy seasons it's going to be up to us to either overreact or not overreact next year rankings are going to be funny fun crazy and frustrating all in the same little it's gonna be it's gonna be chaos it's gonna be fantastic chaos i'm looking forward to that um that's but that's enough for struggling stars right now and again i know Scherzer was kind of a reach for a struggling star what was more for him is struggling to stay healthy that's where he yeah. so if people are like give me a hard time it's because i put him on here because he's struggling to stay healthy and i wanted to bring up his concerns and we you and i both they were a little bullish but we don't he's like the one that we have no 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 we have a lot of confidence no worries with i wanted to talk uh i wanted to talk a few uh, l's that we've been taking this year early on but we're running we're running a little long so i'll i won't really i i can throw out like one i'll say for both of us is charlie blackman i'm pretty sure everybody like the whole industry i said it's industry l nobody was in on him everybody was out because the covid thing unless i'm wrong about you i'm pretty sure I, you can tell me if you were still in on him, but i was completely oh, I'll, out.
1: I'll, i've always been a blackman guy and so uh, you st-
0: so you still bought in even yes. with the covid yes. Well good for you i should not one <laughs> of I should not speak for you. That's a big win for you. Good for you. I was out when the COVID thing happened. We just didn't know how it was going to affect them. The Rockies were being really hush-hush about it. So you know what? I apologize, Clegg. You're the man. I'm so <laughs> wrong on this one. I was. That's that's a huge loss. He's been playing out of his mind right now.
1: Yeah, I, I don't expect it. I mean, like he's not going to hit 500. No. But, dude, the, he might hit 400. Start, the hot start already, again, brought
0: back that return on investment.
1: So, yeah, for sure. Like he's provided no... enough as is, and
0: another big L for me. It was even even without the injury, it was trending that way. It was I was big on Ozzy Albies this year, huge on Ozzy Albies, and he was looking really bad to start the year. And I forgot that he's more of a compiler. He's more of a guy that just gains value because he plays every day, gives you some power, some speed, but he's just a guy that you can bank for the at bats, bank for the stats over a season. And I don't think I adjusted my mindset to that for the short season, so I still wanted to get my shares. So so far, obviously, there's no being right on him at this point. So I was really wrong on Alzibis prior to the injury; it didn't look good, and then obviously the injury didn't help. But who's we can go to your guys? I mean, just want to throw a few names of mine out there that I was like
1: completely wrong on. Yeah, uh, DJ Lemayhew's the first one. I I touted him as a bust all off season. I really didn't think. His breakout last season could sustain like a 31-year-old breakout, like the power. Like we knew he's a good average source, but I really just didn't think what he was doing could sustain. But obviously we mentioned earlier in the show, like he does have a sprained thumb. So I don't know. That's tough. What's going to happen there. But up to tonight, he was batting (laughs) a 429, a 1031 OPS, a couple home runs and a stolen base. So, I got to admit, I was wrong about LeMahieu. Hopefully, he gets back on the field soon and just performs and earns him a, a nice big contract this offseason. Cause I'm pretty sure it's a contract year for him. So, hopefully, he gets a nice contract in the offseason. One more I completely forgot to
0: mention. I'm not sure if anybody saw this coming, but I was completely wrong about Gio Urshela. Like, not that I was, I had him ranked in my top 30 at the position. Like, that, I don't know, that says a lot, but I definitely had him ranked pretty low. I just didn't buy in Again, another guy that was just like kind of – I know some of the stuff suggested the breakout was real, some changes in the profile and all that. But, man, I just couldn't buy in and Sour Grapes because I, I have no shares and he's killing it right now. He's even batting cleanup for the Yankees right now with all those injuries happening.
1: Yeah, it's nuts. He's solid. It's uh, legit.
0: I'm buying in my bad. Yeah,
1: yeah <laughs> a guy for I sure. Wasn't
0: in, a guy I was not in on enough or at all like no i i do, couldn't even brag i couldn't even talk i never even talked him up i don't even think i talked him up one time in the off season
1: <laughs> yeah my next guy is fernando tatis and i faded him Ooh. hard in redrafts in dynasty like i was all over him i wanted him yeah. everywhere but in redrafts like i really didn't think he could perform at this caliber like he had the largest uh, expected batting average and batting average dif- differential last year like his xba was 257 Striking out 30% of the time. I just didn't think he could sustain the performance. And I faded him. I didn't touch him in any redraft league. And here we are. He's even better. And his strikeout rate's even gone up. And he's still performing better. Like he's hitting the ball so hard, barreling the ball well. The power speed combo is legit. 100% buying in now. I'm wrong. I was completely wrong. He's the 2019 Ronald Acuna. I'm calling it right now. He basically is,
0: and he hit another home run tonight, by the way. Oh, gosh. Oh. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Regrets.
0: Yeah. And you, you look at him, though. He is he is Mondesi with a hit tool, and he actually has plate discipline. His O swing this year, it was 31.8% last year, which was about league average. The league average was 31.6. His O swing, he's seeing the ball so well right now. It's down to 23.5%. Wow. He's not chasing a thing right now. And when you look at the other stuff, again, the contact rates, somehow he's doing that, but the contact rates are like up barely, like not as much as you would expect. He's just not, what he is, is he's swinging about the same amount of time, Swing. he's being more selective, and he's not swinging, he's not swinging and missing as much as swinging strike rates down as well. So, all in all, there's a lot to like here. He is a free swinging guy. He's always gonna have some swing and miss in his game, but as long as he has that plus speed tool, he's gonna outperform some of those bad bips and, you know, he can, he can get away with ground balls and stuff like that. But you're seeing, him produce you're seeing him kind of grow into it all and yeah his his ground ball rate is slightly down from last year he's hitting more balls in the air which is producing a higher home run to fly ball rate than last year which is crazy because it was already inflated last year at 31.9 percent and year it's (laughs) 36.4 so but yeah he's purposely he's getting ball in the air more and he's pulling a lot more he's become like last year he pulled it 41.9 percent this year 45.5 so the guy's putting the ball in the air more he's pulling it more that usually means more home runs and again, the speed is plus. He's still in bases, so he's modesty who can hit because Mondesi is batting eighth and can't hit touch can't hit the ball. But when he hits the ball, it usually gets him on base, and then he usually steals two bases. So it's like Mondesi drags your batting average through the mud, but carries you with one. All you guys, all you guys do is get those two stolen bases in a game, like he always does. And it's like okay, all's forgiven. He's he was Billy Hayes again. It was like Billy Hamilton. We all chased the steals with him, and Billy Hamilton. But I, I I don't have any shares of Mondesi because. I refused to draft bad play discipline like that. This play discipline was terrible. Sorry. That's my rant on modesty. Hey, <laughs> but any longtime listener knows I've been so anti-Mondesi for so long. I got burned last year. Feeling a little better about it this year. But anyway, is there any other names on your list? I don't know who you have.
1: Yeah, I've got one more and it's the Nelson because oh. I didn't touch him because the starting pitchers going in that range and ADP. I really liked a lot of those guys. He's been dominant, man. He looks so good. He's struck out 36 in 2018. Like we know he's a big strikeout machine, but dude, 159 ERA, like, and he he's actually looks legit. Like, I think this can sustain obviously not a one five nine, but the performance because he's throwing his best pitch so much, and that's his slider. He's using it 51% of the time, dominating the hitters. He's already struck out 26 batters with that pitch. Like He's got more strikeouts on that single pitch than, than most all pitchers do right now in baseball. Getting a 216x woba on it, 47.6% whiff rate. The moral of the story here is if you use your best pitch the most, it usually works out, and that's what he's doing. Like I said, I'm not fully buying that he's this good because he's basically a slider fastball guy that mixes the sinker in occasionally but he's going to vastly outperform his ADP and you've already like, he's already outperformed it, I think for what he's given you. So he's definitely looks like a solid starting pitcher. And I was wrong. Another, I was wrong. Wish I had him.
0: <laughs> I want to see this control, like this gaining control sustain, because last year, you know, the strikeouts were a little better last year, but the walks were a little worse. And the K minus walk rate was 24%, which is great. This year his K minus walk rate's already at 25%, which is fantastic. That's with the K rate actually dropping. But that's because the walk rate has dropped as well. So if the control is actually better, which was always been kind of his issue, that's where you start buying in because at least you know he throws his pitch the most, that pitch the most. You know what he could be is basically a Patrick Corbin, which is fantastic. He could basically yeah. be what Patrick Corbin is. Slider first, throws a few fastballs here and there. But you're looking at the 50 x in Sierra. They're all they all suggest he's a more of a three to you know low to mid threes guy. I mean, some of them are saying twos, but I would still say three you know three to three and a half ERA. So if he's going to regress to that, you got to be ready for that because it's going to come. Usually regression comes pretty ugly. But it's a short season, and we saw Flaherty do something similar, you know, over a, a half season stretch. So if Lamet has that type of ha- half season, we thought he was over. You know what? We're we're going to be fading him next year. I'm not buying into him. At, at what's going to be his new price next year. I'm telling you that right now. I will not <laughs> buy a new a. It's going
1: to be out of control.
0: <laughs> he'll be a top 15 pitcher if he sustains this over a full season, and I refuse to buy in. But you're looking at it. The strand rate is due to regress. The BABIP is due to regress. The home run, the five balls. Like He's been lucky not getting up a lot of home runs considering his exit velocity is actually the highest it's been of his career so far. So there's like some give and take here. I'm not totally. like Don't be wrong. It's been fantastic. I'm wrong. I was wrong about him too. Not that I was actually in on him, and then the ADP rose tremendously, and then that's when I got out. So I don't have any shares. So I was wrong as well. Like that's another one. I'm with you. I, I don't have any shares. I, I'll call this a loss as well. But there are like he could be a good sell. Like, would
1: you want to give? Would you give him up for Scherzer right now? Probably, yeah. Because like you said, regression's coming, and like he he may be like a three, 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 five ERA. But Scherzer's going to be so much better than that, so I'll take Scherzer. I think I would sell high
0: for Scherzer right now too, and I'm sure we might be in the minority right now because people love Lamet right now.
1: Yeah, the (laughs) hype is nuts.
0: That's what I'm saying. Even in dynasty leagues, you could probably sell high because there's never like selling pitchers high is not a is never a bad thing in dynasty. No, because you never because he I don't think has has he had Tommy John yet? I don't think so. I don't know. I think he did. He was out all of
1: 2018.
0: That's what it was. Yeah, you're right. He did. I knew I was like, I'm looking for a year. I'm like 17, 19, 20. Yeah. He had Tommy John, which usually you get that out of the way. You're usually okay. So maybe yeah. he, maybe he is a good buy, pit, a pitcher to buy. But yeah, yeah, I think he's still honest. I think he's more of a low to mid three zero You know what this is? You know, it's gonna, you know what this is going to be right. He's going to be 2021's glass now.
1: Yeah. I mean, similar stuff. I mean, that well, kind of filthy. I, 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 I'm big strikeout. That, And then
0: look at glass now right now, though. teams had time to watch tape and adjust and he's having a little bit of struggles out the gate yeah i think that i think this could be a 2021 version of glass now you're either gonna have to be in or out at his price and i know i'll be out at his price because i didn't have any glass now this year because i just didn't have enough sample size one good half season is never enough for me right okay (laughs) we ran a little long we're gonna run through some of these Twitter questions and call it a night. You still, you still you good for that? <laughs> good let's go do it. All right, let's go. oh man, we have a lot more than I remember. Okay.
1: <laughs> Quick shots.
0: Yeah, we're going to try to. All right. Who ends up having the bigger season? Mize or Schmidt? Bonus points. If you can convince the Tigers to bench Boyd, so I can stop having to watch that horror movie pitching. Um, Yeah, it's not going to happen, but which one are, do you think uh, we have ends up having a bigger season this year?
1: Schmidt, because I think he pitches more. <laughs> yeah. The speculation is that Maz is coming up soon. But the last time I was on here with you two weeks ago, we were talking about that. <laughs> yes. Th- there was speculation he was pitching that Sunday when we recorded Saturday, and it still hasn't happened. I don't see an incentive for them to bring him up. Like they've been surprisingly good, but it's not going to sustain. And I don't see a reason for them to bring him up. Meanwhile, the Yankees need Schmidt, and I'm a big Schmidt homer because he's a South Carolina gamecock. So watched him a lot in college. Like he's a he's a stud, and so I'll just say it's it's Clark Smith.
0: I want to agree with you, but I'm gonna go with Casey Mize because I'm gonna just buy that he's coming up soon. He is. <laughs> it's gonna be so random. We're gonna be so angry. We're giving up. I'm not giving up hope yet, and it's strictly because of that. I just think he comes up soon. I think they I think they have similar ETAs. There's no reason why Mize or Manning aren't both of them aren't up right now. The teams get the extra year already. I'm surprised neither one of them are up, especially for a team that's somewhat contending. I don't expect them to actually contend, but they're they're putting up a fight right now. Man. And I, I I almost think that they're waiting for the trade deadline and then they're going to do it, but we'll see. Maybe they don't want to risk them getting COVID until their team gets you know turned over. Stuff like that. Little things you just have to try to figure in. No idea. Do I think Schmidt's... Uh, maybe the thing about Schmidt, though, is he has the better win potential when he does get the call. Like If he gets the call, he'll be starting for a better team. All that good stuff but I think it's going to be Mize, but it's going to be close. Honestly, you're not wrong for sashing either. They both, I mean, Mize has the bigger ceiling, but Schmidt probably has the easier path to a team that actually competes. So unfortunately, i am we're going to be split here, but I'm going to bank on the upside, whereas Schmidt has the higher probability of being up sooner. Next question is from Jose Rodriguez. Great. I'm in a dynasty league, 12 teams, five by five standard. Offer David Dahl and uh, on my Rosario for J.D. Davis, Jock Peterson thoughts.
1: You he, he's dad. sorry. Say it, he's giving up. Uh, it sounds
0: like it sounds like he was. It says offer David Dahl and Ahmed Rosario for J.D. Davis and Jock Peterson. Basically, which side do you want the David Dahl? And Ahmed Rosario side or J.D. Davis and Jock Peterson side? Five uh-huh. by five standard.
1: And I'll take the doll side because Peterson doesn't play every day. He's a platoon bat. I think the best is still to come for Rosario. I really like the profile potential there. And again, for Dolph, he can just stay healthy. I think he's a stud, so I'd take that side.
0: Yeah, I'm with you on that one as well. It's strictly because of the uh, Jock Peterson side, because I'm really big on J.D. Davis. So yeah. I can totally be. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you as far as the Jock Peterson side, unfortunately, makes it a little, a little low. Um Moving over to where should we value Kyle Lewis? This is from Donovan Miller. He is starting to fade, and I want him off my team fast. <laughs> Need help this year. Usually a head-to-head keeper, but rode over twenty-twenty. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how many keeper spots. I, we probably should have asked yeah. all the details. We don't know the, the, the league size. Realistically, I think he wants to know how shoot I guess he wants to sell high on him. Is what it yeah. sounds like. Did you come up with a couple names here by any chance?
1: I was pulling. I pulled up the Yahoo uh, Trade Market to see. There's not. Many good ones today. Lewis went for Robinson Cano, which mm. in a second round pick, that kind of sucks. This one was Kyle Lewis, you Darvish, Ken Giles for now and Trey Turner. That's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. If you went one for one and you could get a top 100 player, I think I'd probably do it. Would you take Suarez for him? <sighs> no. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Chris Bryant? The, I the would. COVID stuff. Uh, it's tough. Yeah, it's true. That with the Reds, it makes it tough. I I still probably take Bryant because, like, I I like Kyle Lewis a lot, but he's probably like he's going to fade a little bit. But a week ago, he was going really high. Like he was going for like some top fifty players. It was kind of nuts. It just varies so much based on your league, like keepers. Like there's so many variables. It's just hard to say. Like I will say, like it's hard for us to to give a solid answer. But you should put him out there. And say he's available to your league and see what you can get, like and take the best best bite, in my, my opinion. But all right, so an outfielder, I just came Eddie Rosario. Like if you can get him, he, yeah, he turned I, it on again though, that's the problem. Right. He an owner that's not paying close attention just sees that he's hitting two twenty-four and you could potentially sell high and get him. Like he's turning it on. He's hit six bombs and drove in 17. So like he's performed well, but if you can get an owner that's not paying attention and just looks at the stat line, you might, because Lewis looks much better. I mean, 333, <laughs> much could better we, than 224. Could we
0: possibly, in a keeper format, could you possibly see somebody worried about J.D. Martinez and you maybe pair Kyle Lewis with somebody to go get J.D. Martinez if you're in a win-now it, it yeah,
1: yeah, Yeah, for sure. If a team is trying to rebuild and has J.D., I think that's a perfect fit.
0: At the end of the day, it basically depends on what the team – that you're targeting wants or needs. Like if you're trying to get older or if they want to get younger, that's kind of the matchup you need realistically in a keeper format, it changes everything. This is a redraft. It would be easier. So honestly hit us up on Twitter, give us some examples and we'll be glad to give you more specifics. I hate to be the cop out there, but kind of tough. Like I'm, I'm it's a key. The keeper format part really throws everything off because every team depends on who you're negotiating with it's hard to say you go out and get this guy because that, that guy isn't always available to go get. So I, I'd rather get a little more detail. So hit us up on Twitter on that one for sure. We're going to move on. I don't want to hop on this one all night long at Joe Fane five thoughts on Garcia and Stevenson for the Reds. Again, there's more detail in the question, but those are like the main uh, parts. What are your thoughts on them? Do you think we see them up this year or do you think the Reds kind of just trot out, what they have for the rest of the season. And again, COVID could have could change this answer.
1: Yeah. I like them both long-term, especially Garcia. Like I'm a big fan of Garcia and the profile there, but this season, not really seeing it. I just don't think they, they play around with it. They just probably run what they have. I I mean, Freddie Galvis has been fine. So I don't see, there's not like a gaping hole at shortstop that they need to, to plug in Garcia. He could potentially play second. Uh, I mean, I don't know. There's a lot of variables.
0: Mustak is out right now. When right. Is
1: back, he'd be right. Back. So probably not. I, I don't see much value for 2020. I got you. I'm with you. Stevenson,
0: maybe because their catcher positions, kind of, but they have Casale, who they like enough. Barnhart plays enough. So I, yeah, this year I'm out on both of them. I mean, but then at the same time, if you told me Luis Garcia was going to be playing for the Nationals, I would have been like, you're crazy. <laughs> so it's, it's, and again, COVID. So great names to bring up because of the, you know, they could come up with COVID and depending on who's, who's infected and all that good stuff. So just keep an eye on them. Great names to bring up. We appreciate it, but we're both not buying in for the 2020 season long-term we're, we're in. We're, we're with you Um, at Dap Scout is Darwin is Darwin's in Hernandez. Someone worth rostering on the DL in a 12 team AL only. I do think he would be if you have the, the DLIL spot on your team, I think he's somebody you stash because I think there's there's they're obviously gonna be sellers at the trade deadline. You'll probably see Barnes go, you'll probably see Workman go. I think Hernandez could be in line for saves. Come if he, if he's if he's back by then.
1: Yeah, I completely it agree. It depends on when he when he comes back, but he's definitely intriguing go in the bullpen. Mike could get some work at Starter. I don't know. I mean, they're so desperate for pitching. <laughs> Anything could happen. It does so, say yeah.
0: he's supposed to be back soon, but yeah. we've seen COVID be an issue before. So but right. yeah, um, he's definitely worth especially again. We're talking about an AL only team. So any type of saves, and if you can get it for like for free off the waiver wire, it's worth stashing if you have the spot because that alone, I think he can luck into some in the second half once they trade some of their other pieces away. That's the only reason why I'm thinking um next question is from wilco at wilco wacko i like the name interested in your assessment of dylan moore with his shortstop slash outfield eligibility if it's yahoo he's eligible basically everywhere at 14 yeah. team dynasty points league where he has been a godsend filling filling in for seager and uh, Alec Mills is going to be more valuable the next six weeks than Luke Weaver. Is his next question we'll, okay? It's a it's a multiple part question. We'll start with Dylan Moore. <laughs> then we t- we talked about this being a like a ride the hot hand situation. The strikeouts are a problem because points league strikeouts are you know negative points. So overall, the strikeouts are bad. If you look at he's actually struggling against anything that's not a fastball. And I think once pitchers see that and he starts seeing a heavier dose of off speed and breaking pitches. You're gonna see their aggression hit kind of hard, but you ride them till the wheels fall off. Yeah, and I wasn't kidding. His fastballs right now, he's crushing them. Three eighty-two batting average with a four hundred six xba. So he's obviously expected to hit better. But go look at his breaking pitches and his off speed. One thirty-three against breaking. Hasn't he has a zero ba against off speed? So literally, it's all fastballs, all nothing. And he's seeing less fastballs, less and less as he goes on. He's seeing more breaking and off speed. Teams are starting to adjust. You ride it. But if he starts slowing down, he's twenty eight years old. He's good, not great. He's better in roto because of the steals. But I don't quite buy into the the, I, I, the strikeouts are an issue, and then he doesn't really walk enough. So he's a guy you just hold on to, especially in, it's a deep format. We're talking about fourteen team league. But I'm not I'm not over I'm not really sold on him being something beyond a hot player that you hold on to while he's getting playing time. Where are you are you any difference with Dillmore? Your thoughts on him?
1: Yeah, I would just ride the hot hand out. I mean, he's performing well. He's giving you a little bit of power, some speed, a nice batting average. Points league, like you said, he's he's better for Roto for sure. His the interesting thing is that he's hitting the ball really hard. Like his exit velocity is up, like five miles an hour, and that he's getting closer to the stabilization range. Like because exit velocity tends to stabilize a little quicker. And if he can keep this up, if he keeps hitting the ball hard, like he's going to perform at this level. Like he's not like, I'm not saying he's going to keep doing this, but he's pretty good. So I don't know. I mean, write it out. If he sucks, then you cut him. Like it's not a big deal. You didn't spend a lot for him. No, exactly. That's why it's like, I'm with you
0: as far as like, I think some of it will stick, but just seeing how much he struggles against everything. That's not a fastball. Pitchers are going to see that eventually. I mean, he's going to have to be very, very patient and sit on fastballs in order to just hit fastballs. Pitchers are going to even probably attack the zone with breaking pitches just to get him to swing at him because obviously he can't hit one right now, breaking <laughs> an off speed. So that's where I'm, I'm just worried about that adjustment period coming for him more than likely. But we'll see again, regardless of what he's doing. He, I mean, and the thing is, he actually showed last year that he can hit an off speed pitch. So I don't know. I, I there's a lot going on here. There's a lot of good things in the profile. There's some, you know, some worrisome things. But in a 14 team league, just ride him. And he could sustain it for six weeks because six more weeks because that's that's the season. But the next part of his question was Luke Weaver or Alec Mills, and I would have said I would have just said Alec Mills. To be honest, because Weavers looked really really rough. But Quintana's coming back, and I think Alec Mills is the odd man out there.
1: Yeah, I and think so as well.
0: Concerning. So it's almost by default, you just kind of go with go with Luke Weaver, right?
1: Yeah, he's been terrible, but if Mills, if he's pitching, he's better than Mills, right? <laughs> yeah. I don't know.
0: So yeah, because the reason why he's asking is because he may need to drop Mills or more next week. Gotcha. <laughs> so I'm going to lean towards dropping Mills because I don't think he's going to be up as the starter for long. Do yeah. I think he does it? Do I think he deserves to be? Yeah, he's pitched really well. I just don't think he's going to be more than a spot starter for for the remainder of the year, or unless somebody really struggles like Tyler Chatwood did just get like a minor setback, but he should be pitching soon. It says he's going to be pitching one of Monday's uh, Monday's double headers. So he'll obviously be fine. As long as he's okay. Mills is going to be the odd man out. Cantana's due back any day. Now Mills will be the guy I'm dropping of the two as of today, which is Saturday night kind of late and I'm rambling. Um, <laughs> any chance the Indians put out a for sale sign on Clevenger looking for bats? I don't buy it. I don't buy into that. I know they kind of just sent him home for his misbehavior. <laughs> like, they're, like He's in timeout right now. Basically, they got sent to the minor league rookie camp. I don't think they're going to sell him. The team, the team has actually, he probably has too many. They have too many bats. They have, they, they play this revolving door in the outfield. I don't. I think they need the pitching more. Their bullpen is terrible, so they need the starters. Are would you agree with that?
1: Yeah, hundred percent. I don't. I don't imagine they do that. They need the pitching.
0: Gotcha. And that's from at MLB Fantasy Pros at Fantasy underscore T underscore Ball. I'm contending but hesitant to trade. What would I can? What I would consider excess players because of COVID could easily impact my squad. Also, I am not eager to buy pieces for future picks in case the season is canceled. Thoughts on trades in general this season? That's a very good question. I love strategy talk. Where are you at? Let's start with the um, trading excess excess pieces. Are you still trying to trade the two-for-ones if you have them type of thing to get through the, and then kind of build on the bet, like a higher-quality players? Because if you did that, say you just did that and you got Castellanos, like you traded two solid players for Castellanos, now you're without Castellanos. Kind of his point right now. Now you're scrambling. Are you more likely to keep your, are you more likely to play like what the Yankees do with Clint Frazier and Mike Michael Talkman, Michael Mike Talkman, (laughs) the Talkman and Clint Frazier are prime examples of a real life team, just hoarding this talent. And look, they need both of them. You know what I mean? Right. Is this One of those years where you're more likely to keep your excess pieces.
1: Yeah. I, I think I mentioned it earlier, but I've just been hesitant to trade as much this year because all the unknowns, we don't, I mean, how long will a guy be bad? You know, how, a guy could catch COVID easily. So if you give up two for one or three for one and then your one guy, like you said, gets COVID, you're done. And so it's concerning there. I don't know. And from a keeper dynasty standpoint, I've definitely been gearing more towards next year. Like this year is such a crapshoot. And so I've been making like the few trades I have made have been with future in mind. Like and not not really is much worried about this year because anything can happen. So it's it's tough. Like the strategy's been really weird this year, but you kind of just have to take it with take it a day at a time and know what's going on and keep up. It's hard.
0: Yeah, I'm um, 100% agree. And I'm not. Yeah, I'm not gonna sell. Unless I'm, like, seriously, like, legitimately one piece away. Like, if I think my team is, like, super strong, can really contend this year, I still will trade away future picks. But I I have to be super confident in that team because I don't think the season's going to get canceled. They found a way to not cancel it to this point. They're going to make it through. So, as long if your team's playing for the same prize as it normally does, if there's no, like, decrease in the funds or anything like that, and you think you really truly have a chance, I would still go for it. My thing about it, uh, the only part where I get a little hesitant with the excess pieces is what how deep of a league is this? Is this a 10-teamer or 12-teamer? Whereas if my one guy that I get back in a two- or three-for-one, I could probably find some things off the waiver wire to help bridge that gap, even in a shortened season because we have guys like Dylan Moore popping up out of nowhere and Austin Slater and all these other guys. Or if this is like a 15-teamer or deeper, yeah, I might be more likely to keep my excess pieces this year compared to normal years. But you have to know that you're, if you're keeping those pieces, they're likely going to lose that value going into next year because people don't need the depth as much in a, in a typical season, probably. Whereas right now they're probably trying to compete and they want those extra pieces. So you got to keep. You have to realize it's a little bit of give and take. You, you got to be mindful of it. So I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that there. And then the future picks we kind of agree on not to sell those if if possible. Spencer Turnbull. This is from at P Office ninety uh, nine. Thoughts on Spencer Turnbull. I've kind of voiced my concerns as far as not buying into the strikeouts. They came down, you know, the strikeout rate did come down after last start. His, his ratios, you know, he's a two he ran out of the two, R- two ERA with a crazy high ground ball rate, which is awesome. The strike rate's actually believable at 79% if some of these changes have made. And the BABIP is 244, so again, sustainable. But with the strikeouts coming down, like I was said, that was my biggest thing was, with him was the strikeouts coming down. And after last start, they did. It was like a 13.5 K per nine down to like a nine, like a, a K per inning roughly. And I can buy into that. But the two ERA is going to regress. All the indicators suggest he's probably closer to a three, three and a half ERA guy. Some of them say four. You look at the strikeout stuff and his strikeout, his swinging strike rate isn't anything special. His O swing is way down from last year, almost over 10%. So as far as, like I said, he's going to be okay. I think he's a solid player. I think you could start him uh, confidently. I think he gets traded. So it depends on where he lands. If he lands with the Astros, heck yeah, he's awesome. But I think he, if you have him, ride him out. I wouldn't trade him. I would just ride it. But what are your thoughts on Turnbull the rest of the year?
1: Yeah, I like him a lot. Even if he regresses, like he's still a good pitcher, most likely. I mean, if he pitches to a mid three to like to four ERA, like you still got great return on value. And so I'd probably like, like Mike said, just ride it out. I wouldn't try to trade him. Hope that he gets traded himself because he could, pop in a great organization and just do wonders. Like I said, the strikeouts, man, I mean the rate, the strikeout rates up like I think two and a half percent, not a whole lot, but overall he looks good. I like it a lot. And while we're recording this,
0: Will Myers was subbed in. I got to look into that. Um, I was just looking at the box score and I was like, Oh, Will Myers is not in the game. Cool. He got, he got uh, so he got pulled for some reason or another. And it looks like he's day to day, but can't find why. So that's unfortunate um yeah kind of love when stuff happens like this while we're talking um anyway (laughs) dylan carlson a must draft same guy dylan carlson must draft a must add and redraft i answered him and said yes but that's all i said is there any more information do you agree and is there any more information you'd go in on about that
1: i I think it's an easy pickup like if he happens to still be available like if if fab your fabs run this weekend like i try to get him Yeah. He's going to go for a lot. Like he's got a a good upside. Like he's a, he's a top 10 prospect. I think he's got a pretty safe floor. Like reminds me kind of like a Tommy fam type. Like he's going to give you like a solid batting average and like 2020 potential over a full season. So uh, solid all around player. I would grab him if he's available.
0: And, uh, yeah like sinzel right, came right. to mind as far as prospect types like the hit tools there little power little speed that's what came to mind but yeah fam is a great comp as well kind of the same that same guy Or just he's a little more raw i feel like obviously fam being proven but yeah i like i like um carlson a lot and i'm with you i think that the power there a little bit of speech will be there and i think he's just super solid the batting average will help he i think sure i, I even said transfers yes he is a ad in pretty much any format it'd be hard i'd be hard to find one like maybe a 10 teamer he can't be added because your team's so loaded but other than that i don't see how you don't add him. hey uh what do you think a trade turner's value becomes if he stops stealing bases how, he hasn't been a head-to-head categories league and his lack of steals this year makes some questions long-term value what are your thoughts on the topic as what well? he wants to know. so basically if trade turner stops stealing what is he and he's way less valuable it's just that simple. Mm-hmm. He's not gonna hit home runs, but I don't think he's gonna stop stealing anytime soon. He probably has like what three to five years of stone bases left in that tank, I'd say.
1: Yeah, he's only like twenty-six years old, I think. Twenty seven, I just looked it up. Yeah, okay. I he mean just turned twenty seven. The this year's weird. Uh guys aren't gonna run as much like Certain there's teams anywhere. Right. So I mean you've seen like the Padres have run wild, but mm-hmm. I don't know. There's there's a good reason for it and I wouldn't be concerned about it long term. Like it's hard to imagine a guy just quit running like that, especially like I mean he's still elite sprint speed. So I I mean again, I expected weird things this year. Kind of sucks cuz you drafted him for steals, but yeah, long term I'm not worried about it. But if he doesn't steal, yeah, he's not anywhere near first round value. I Makes mean, he's he's a 3 290 hitter with 20 home runs, 20 25 home runs, tops and no steals. That's, I mean, that it's good, but <laughs> that's like a Castellanos before the power breakout. Yeah, that's true. Like a, like a Castellanos
0: in Detroit, basically, which was a top 100 pick, but not nearly the talent that we uh, come to see him turn into. So yeah, that would be his, what he turns into is like that fringe top 100 guy. Cause the steals are what carry his first and second round value in category slash Roto leagues. And yeah, without it, he's not that. So I think that's it. I think we got through them all. This podcast ran a little long. We appreciate everybody listening to this point. And I just got a question on Twitter. Encarnacion and Josh Bell, rest of the season. Might as well throw that in there. Real quick, who are you taking? Josh Bell or Encarnacion?
1: Uh, Josh Bell. tough. It's I, tough, though.
0: Yeah, it's sad because one was drafted like 100 picks earlier. I'm going to go with Josh Bell as well. <laughs> and I'm not confident in either one of them being anything decent. So there you go. That's gonna. <laughs> I, I'll, I, he didn't even ask for it to be on here, but it might as well because I'm looking at the question right now. All right, guys, we appreciate you listening. Ran long, but we haven't talked in like a week. We wanted to cover a little of everything, and we'll be on as soon as we can again. But as always, we appreciate listening. Feel free to obviously leave us a five star rating and review on the way out. We greatly appreciate it. You can follow us on Twitter. Chris is at Roto I'm at Mike underscore the the Baseload Pod is at load pod on Twitter and Instagram. We appreciate you following us, asking us questions, interacting with us. We love it. We appreciate all of it. And as always, we will talk to you soon.